Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a Tuesday and across the country in a number of different locations, there's a lot of rain, freezing rain, so it could be kind of dicey out in the road, so keep that in mind if you're traveling. We'll have a complete forecast for you in just a minute on this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Great to be with you here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Coming up this morning, talking about pro-life messaging. Camille Polly, who was supposed to join us yesterday with having some phone issues apparently, is going to be back with us. And she's a president and co-founder of Healing the Culture. And they are going to begin a new series aiming to prove that it's possible to have rational discussions about some tough topics and to do this, believe it or not, online. So we'll see what she has in mind. This is an important aspect, especially since we are in an election year now. And I don't know about you, but I've already started to have some, how we say, interesting discussions with folks about the elections coming up, which are crucial. So we'll talk about that with Camille and then more pro-life discussions with Dr. Michelle Stanford. She's a new president of the Catholic Medical Association. She was at the March for Life in D.C. on Friday. She'll talk about the importance of marching and also what they're doing at CMA to make a difference, especially, again, getting the word out in an election year, always getting the word out for pro-life, but especially getting folks' attention. And I'm thinking about, and we'll talk about this in the news, what happened yesterday with this administration, which is the most extreme the most extreme when it comes to abortion and other issues that directly attack the Catholic Church. So Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were making speeches and talking about expanding abortion even further, if you can believe that. Never enough abortion, never enough chemical abortions, surgical abortions, everything. It's all abortion all the time. Our governor, Gretchen Whitmer, did the same thing here in Michigan. But the one thing I have to say They are very consistent and in lockstep with their messaging. They repeat the same message over and over again, whether it's fear-mongering, their lies. They repeat the messaging, and they do it well, and they have a gazillion dollars behind them. So how are we going to counter that? This is a reality that we're facing, especially now. The fear factor, friends, unfortunately works. This is how so many of these amendments, even in pro-life states, have been able to get passed and accepted. Because they put the fear out there. And I really think that the pro-life movement, this is me, the media person talking, and the PR person talking, as I do PR consulting and media consulting on the side, that we need to make sure we are telling the truth about the ugliness of abortion, the dangers of chemical abortions, and that's the truth. That's not fear-mongering or lying. That is the truth of what happens physically, emotionally, spiritually. We need those kind of powerful real-life stories of the physical pain, the emotional pain, the trauma, the lack of medical help. How many people do you think know that with these abortion pills through the mail, that the person, the woman doesn't even have to see a doctor, and she's all alone in her home? How is that reproductive health care? How is that reproductive, first of all, but how is that health care? And most people don't know what's going on. They just think of it, oh, woman's choice, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, because the media don't cover it, that's a big part of the problem. But we need to educate ourselves and make sure we are asking the questions, asking people how they feel. How is this caring for women? How is this good health care? How is it reproductive at all? Questions we need to ask. So we'll discuss that today on the program. 
And we will uh, see what our experts, Dr. Michelle Stanford and Camille Pauley, have to say. Huge issues going into this election year. All right, weather-wise, promise you the weather. Here we go. Moderate risks of excessive rainfall have been issued for parts of the deep south and the Gulf Coast through tomorrow. Heavy rain could result in numerous flash floods, freezing rain and snow, creating hazardous travel and possible power outages from the Midwest through the southern Great Lakes region into parts of the Northeast through tomorrow. So keep that in mind again if you are traveling. Let's take a look at the news. There is a ton of it on this Tuesday, January 23rd. Let's get started. You'll find this full report at catholicnewsagency.com. President Joe Biden's administration, as we mentioned, announcing new plans to increase access to surgical abortion, chemical abortion, and contraceptives with the move coming on the 51st anniversary of the Supreme Court's now defunct Roe v. Wade ruling. As CNA explains, the plan also moves forward with prior executive actions to provide easier access to chemical abortions through federal regulation. The Supreme Court, meanwhile, agreeing to hear a case filed by pro-life medical groups that challenges the FDA's approval of the abortion drug Mifeprestone and its subsequent deregulation of that drug. The lawsuit alleging the FDA's original approval of the drug did not weigh the potential safety risk for women and that its deregulation to allow women to receive a prescription without an in-person doctor visit and to receive that drug through the mail also failed to properly weigh safety risks. The Biden campaign also releasing a new TV ad on the same day that highlights the president's support for abortion and criticizes Trump for his role in the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. Meanwhile, during a speech to kick off her fight for so-called reproductive freedoms, Vice President Kamala Harris called on Congress to actually expand and legalize abortion nationwide by codifying the rules that existed in the Roe v. Wade era. The Archdiocese of Port-au-Prince appealing for the release of six women religious who were kidnapped from a bus in the Haitian capital on Friday. As James Blair's reports from the Vatican, the bishops are saying they are distressed to witness a lack of apparent response to the scourge of kidnappings, which have been going on for more than two years. In a letter, the Archdiocese and the Bishops' Conference states that Haitians are weary of what they call this reign of terror inflicted by gangs. It's urging the government to do its duty and protect citizens, saying on many occasions the church has denounced their silence, which is an attitude of contempt concerning the suffering of the people. Furthermore, they say they're distressed to witness a lack of apparent response to the scourge of kidnappings, which has been going on for more than two years. They say this has plunged Haiti into into an increasingly chaotic crisis. They're demanding the safe release of the six nuns. The nuns are members of the St. Anne congregation who've devoted themselves to helping children and the poor in Haiti for 80 years, particularly with education and social development. They were abducted at gunpoint from a bus in Port-au-Prince along with two other people. No gang or armed group has yet claimed responsibility. In Haiti, Bishop Pierre-André Dumas has denounced the kidnappings. He's called for an end to this deplorable criminality, saying this odious and barbaric act shows no respect for the dignity of consecrated women who've given themselves wholeheartedly and completely to educate and form the young, the poorest and the most vulnerable members of our society. Katie Green, meanwhile, tells us the youngest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Dexter Scott King, has died at the age of 62. 
The King Center tells WSB-TV that the youngest child of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King died on Monday at age 62. The King's family members say that he died after a long battle with prostate cancer. His wife, Leah Weber King, says he transitioned peacefully in his sleep at a home with her in Malibu. Dexter Scott King was born on January 30, 1961. A memorial service will be announced at a later time. The man wanted in the shooting deaths of eight people in the Joliet area is now dead. Joliet Police Chief Williams Evans says the Romeo Nance shot seven people found dead in two homes yesterday. I've been a policeman 29 years. Uh, This is probably the worst crime scene I've ever been associated with. Discovery was made after investigators believe he shot and killed another man on Sunday in Will County. The suspect was located last night by U.S. Marshals near Natalia, Texas, where he took his own life with a handgun following a confrontation with Texas law enforcement officials. And the convicted Michigan Oxford school shooter appealing his sentence of life without parole, the State Appellate Defender's Office announcing yesterday they are assigned to represent the teen in his appeal and plans to fight any efforts to have him testify in his parents' trials. Four people were killed. Seven others were hurt when the shooter opened fire at Oxford High School north of Detroit in 2021. In the eyes of the political world, of course, on New Hampshire today, as voters go to the polls for the state's presidential primary, the Republican contest is between former President Donald Trump and ex-South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. On the Democratic side, Joe Biden's name is not on the ballot because of a dispute over the primary calendar. Trump leads Haley by some 18 points in the polls. And some voters in New Hampshire are reportedly receiving fake robocalls purported to be from Joe Biden, urging them not to vote in the primary today. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. A former New Hampshire Democratic Party chair plans to file a complaint over the calls with the state attorney general and bring it to federal law enforcement's attention. There has been a local write-in effort for the incumbent president, however, and the campaign for Democratic Congressman Dean Phillips, who is challenging Biden for the party nomination, denies any connection to that call. And the largest newspaper in New Hampshire announcing yesterday that it's endorsing Joe Biden's long-shot Democratic challenger, Dean Phillips from Minnesota. New Hampshire again holding both its Democratic and Republican primaries today. Catholic Vote Salute reporting the Manchester-based New Hampshire union leader endorsing Biden in the 2020 general election over then-incumbent President Donald Trump. On Saturday, the paper endorsing former Ambassador Nikki Haley for this year's Republican nomination. The paper also pointing out that unlike Biden, Phillips is on the ballot and actively campaigning in New Hampshire. The governor of North Dakota and former presidential candidate Doug Bergman won't seek a third term in office. Part of it's family. Uh, it's a, you know, we've got three, you know, people I say you got three adult kids. The Republican says he's now throwing his support behind Donald Trump and says the decision comes after he ended his bid for the White House last month. Congresswoman Nancy Mace endorsing former President Donald Trump's bid to return to the White House. A South Carolina Republican said she listened to her constituents before deciding to endorse him over South Carolina's former governor, Nikki Haley. Overwhelmingly, they are with Donald Trump. We've had four years of of weakness in the White House. They don't want four more years of weakness in the White House under Joe Biden. They want four more years of strength. They want four more years of of peace. May says she does not see eye to eye perfectly with any candidate, but before adding that, says the time has come to unite behind what seems to be the new nominee. 
And a staff cop spending measure is giving Republicans more time to hash out details of an international aid package with the president that includes changes at the southern border. Senator John Cornyn of Texas says a deal has been difficult because the two sides see the issue in very different ways. Our Democratic colleagues seem to have this idea that anybody who wants to come and claim asylum should be able to do so. Republicans, he says, want to curtail what is known as humanitarian parole. It gives most illegal immigrants a free pass to live and work in the U.S. while they wait for a court date. A compromise may be a cap on releases. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court granting the Biden administration's request to throw out a lower court ruling which banned federal agents from removing the razor wire that Texas has strung across the border. It clears a way for federal officials to remove barriers and help immigrants who are struggling to cross the Rio Grande. And ethics ratings are almost all professions down this year. That's according to a Gallup survey asking 800 Americans to rate the honesty and ethical standards of those who work in 23 different fields. Labor union leader is the only profession rated more highly last year than in 2019 by one percentage point up to 25%. Nurses had the highest rating overall at 78%, but that's down from 85% in 2019. Meanwhile, five professions hit record lows since Gallup began tracking the question in 1976, including pharmacists, clergy, journalists, and lastly, with ratings below 10%, senators and members of Congress. And a Texas woman who went viral on social media saying that she had been attacked and outside of a nightclub is now accused of making the entire story up. Her name is Rhoda Osmond. She's from Houston, and she claimed a man hit her with a brick when she refused to give him her number. Her GoFundMe raised tens of thousands of dollars. A police investigation, though, found that she was actually hit by a man she was with that night who was swinging a water bottle. The 33-year-old is accused of running a similar scam years ago back in Minnesota. She's been charged in Houston with felony theft by deception. And finally, a story out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mark Mayfield tells us a major piece of artwork that was reportedly stolen by Nazis during the Holocaust is now back with the family of the original owner. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg shared a statement on Friday reporting that a drawing entitled Portrait of a Man, valued at roughly $1 million, has been given back to the descendants of Jewish collector Fritz Grunbaum. The piece had been on display at Pittsburgh's Carnegie Museum of Art since the 1960s, when curators agreed to return it last fall after the Nazi theft allegations came to light. New York prosecutors who worked on the case have said they found no evidence that the Carnegie Museum did anything illegal or wrong in connection with the drawing. It is a Tuesday morning. It is January 23rd. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. Up next, pro-life messaging. How well do we do when we sit down and talk with people, especially online, about the important issue of life? Camille Polly will help us with that. And then checking in with our friends at the Catholic Medical Association. All of this on a Tuesday. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Join us at the Maryville Retreat Center in Holly this Lenten season for a fabulous faith-filled February. We offer several occasions for you to find quiet, healing, and to help you encounter the Lord's merciful love. Father Jason Brooks will offer a multifaceted healing service. Father Craig Marion will give an intimate look into the healing power of forgiveness. And Teresa Tamio and her husband Deacon Dom will inspire couples to remember their love story and rekindle romance. For more information, visit MaryvilleRetreatCenter.org. Come visit and let God find you. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, 
and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John shows us how to grow in our faith. You have been anointed by the Holy One. Okay, what now? It's time to grow in our relationship with God and to strengthen our faith. But how do we grow? Attending Mass, reading Scripture and other books about Jesus and the saints, and much more. Join us this week as Father John shows us how to grow in our faith, as well as getting us ready for a year of faith. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Great to be with you on a Tuesday and every day here on EWTN, Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio at AveMariaRadio.net and EWTN, of course, at EWTN.com. Continuing our pro-life discussion as we do on your pro-life radio network. Kimi Opali with Healing the Culture, the website HealingTheCulture.org. She's a president and co-founder of this beautiful ministry. So, Camille, I'm very excited to hear about this new series that is happening right now. Tell us about it. Good morning. Good morning, Teresa. Well, thanks for having me sure. on. Uh, we, yep, we are Father Robert Spitzer's pro-life organization, and we've created a series online for kids, young kids, Generation Z, to watch and learn about why abortion is wrong using uh, kind of a really fun debate series. So it's Gen Z young people, um, men and women who debate, and they switch sides. So that makes it kind of fun because one time, you know, one, the woman is taking a pro-life side, the next time she does the pro-choice side. And so they, you know, they can't accuse you of bias, you know, um, because they're both switching. And they get an opportunity to discuss and debate some of the hottest issues that convince teens to be pro-abortion. And then hear the other side. It's really short. They're like four-minute clips. And we've done it in a fun way that's online, using the same online technology for the debates that young people are engaged in today. So do we find them? Are they there already at Healing the Culture? Yep, we've got them loaded up on healingtheculture.org. The series is called Forbidden Discussions because, of course, you know, you try to have these discussions online and you get canceled. But we've been very successful at Healing the Culture of getting these series online and staying online. Um, we have really savvy marketing people. And so we, you know, we really aim that young audience that either wants to know how do you argue with your peers in ways that are convincing and helpful to them and not just smashing their arguments and not doing any good for their hearts, and also reaching those young people who are open to hearing the other side, um, but just need access. And so, um, you know, we're targeting getting it on for these, you know, 17 to 24-year-olds who are online all the time. These young people are admitting that, you know, over half of them are online the entire day, yeah. like almost mm-hmm. the entire day, right. and they're searching right. for stuff like this. The good news is that about 70% of them consider themselves religious, so they're open to looking up religious things and things on the other side. The bad news is that the religion is things like crystals, you know, fortune telling and that sort Being of thing. spiritual at least things they're like open. that. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. spiritual, yeah. But they're open to looking for stuff outside of just their materialism and kind of seeing if there's something bigger than themselves out there. So that's the audience that we're trying to reach. And um, and it's a, just a really fun series that uses humor, animation, 
um, and uh, some really clever debate techniques to get to sort of hook people in so that they consider the other side. So uh, in terms of the outreach, how are you figuring out like what group? I know the age group, the demographic that you're going after, but in terms of the, mm-hmm. the reaching, the outreach, how do you physically decide, okay, this group is going to be targeted, we're going to target this group? How, where is it going actually in terms of sending it out there? Yeah, we've done research to figure out the age group that needs this the most. So you've got your, like I said, 17 to 24-year-old people who either consider themselves pro-choice or are not at all engaged in anything pro-life online. Those are the people we're mostly targeting. And then what we do is we use them as YouTube ads. So we, we target to that group as yeah, an ad. So when you're watching a YouTube show, this pops up as an ad. So you don't even necessarily have to be searching for it, but it pops up and you get to see it. So, so far you haven't been, been canceled because I know lots of times when you do wonderful things like this uh, for the pro-life movement or one of our other causes, they, they are quick to cancel and don't give you the opportunity to get it out there. Yeah, we have not been canceled yet. You know, don't, don't talk out loud too loud about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, have a very, okay. <laughs> we have a very clever marketing team that knows how to use certain wording to make sure. And they, and they move it around. They change the wording around a lot so that you don't stay in one wording, you know, for too long and people figure it out. So how long has this been? I out myself. But. How long has this been available then, Camille? We just launched it on Monday. Wow, so it's brand new. Yep, hot off the presses, as we say. Brand new, hot off the presses. Yep, and if four minutes is too long for people, we have another series called Truth in Ninety Seconds, where people can log on and just in in literally a minute and a half, you can have really good arguments that reach deeper. You know, we healing the culture is looking for reconstructing the person, and so we, you know, we don't just reach the arguments. You know, use arguments about this is a human person and here's the biology. We talk about you're a human person and here's what you're meant for. An abortion is living beneath yourself and you're not happy and you know it because the culture is deconstructing you. Here's who you really are and here's what you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Here's why abortion is killing you, not just the unborn baby, but also killing you. And uh, it's just very effective, a very effective approach. It's interesting, the time limits, because four minutes and 90 seconds, you have one four-minute in, in package and then you have a 90-second package. That just shows you, getting back to the important point you made earlier, of how much time people are spending online because their attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. They are, and there's so many reasons for that. A big reason is that these kids are checked out of their families. Most of them are growing up in homes where they don't have two parents. Their parents are either divorced or they didn't have two parents to begin with. Um, you know, at home, and so they turn to the Internet. They, their parents are not watching them. They're not uh, engaged, and so they're turning to the Internet, and they're spending tons of time. And this is where they also get their uh, opinions formed. You know, they're searching online for people to be their authority figure. And, uh, you know, I sure hate that, but I would rather us be an authority figure to them than the other sources they're getting right. it from. But mm-hmm. we have to reach them where they're at. And as you just said, so many of them, and the numbers now in terms of the research and the stats – Adults are spending about five and a half hours on their cell phones every day. Overall media consumption now is about 12, 12 and a half hours. And if you think about that, that's that's okay. our, all of our waking time, the time we're awake, right? That's exactly right. And the schools let them have them, you know, let them have their, their devices there as well. And what we're seeing the highest rates of depression and anxiety among young people today since it's been recorded. And a lot of it is attributable to all this time they're spending online, not just the stuff they're sucking into their brains, but also the fact that they don't have any real relationships and they don't have that human personal connection with other mm-hmm. people. So, you know, so that's, that's a huge problem. And, you know, you may say, well, why are you doing this online then? You know, why don't you do stuff offline for them? We do that too. But you got to be where they are. You have to convince them. First, you have to go where they are to convince them this is not where you want to be. You need to step out of this and come into the real world. 
We're talking with Camille Pauly, HealingTheCulture.org, president and co-founder of that ministry, of course, connected to the amazing Father Spitzer from Father Spitzer's Universe and his terrific books, and he's just incredible. I'm doing an interview with him tomorrow, taping him on his new book. I cannot wait. He's just brilliant. I'm oh, so, yep. so down to earth. I just love him. He's he's wonderful. Yep. I, I think he's we were really talking. Cool. He's my boss. Yeah, he's, uh, he's so good because he brings such deep concepts and such deep understanding of the human person and church teaching, but down to, and science as well, but down to a way we can we can all relate to it. The big thing, and this is my big concern, I mentioned this at the top of the hour and I mentioned it to you during the break, if you see what they did yesterday, I'm so glad you were out there yesterday yes. with this because if you saw my governor, Gretchen Whitmer, or if you saw Kamala Harris or the president, they're pushing for more and more abortion, chemical abortion, surgical abortions, abortion on demand all the time, everywhere, every shape or form. And so many people don't understand what that means within the actual abortion situation in the woman. For example, the chemical abortions, I think, are, are I mean, as, as heinous as this all is. The fact that they're calling it health, that they think a woman should be able to get these pills through the mail without a doctor seeing her, having any idea how far along she is or any type of other medical condition, and then being alone, and the abortion, the abortion facility then is her home. I mean, this, these kind of stories are the stories that we have to get out there so people understand what the heck is going on. True. Policy matters. You know, what the law says and what policy allows really matters. Court decisions matter. Um, but it also matters that you're right, that we tell the stories and show people that when you lead this kind of a life, you get hurt. You really do. You get physically hurt mm-hmm. as well as psychologically and spiritually hurt. And those stories are very moving. Fortunately, there are a lot of women who have come out about their abortion stories or come out of abortion clinics where they used to work and are willing to say, this is evil and this is wrong and this hurt me. And that's doing us a lot of favors in the pro-life movement. Well, we have to get them out there on the political ads, though. That, that's the people have to see we, that. We'll be right back with more from Camille Pauly, HealingTheCulture.org. And a new series of videos just released yesterday, Forbidden Discussions, video series targeting Gen Z and abortion. We'll have more from Camille when we come back. Polly is with HealingTheCulture.org, president and co-founder. They just launched yesterday a really powerful, powerful new series of debates and discussions, forbidden discussions, video series targeting Gen Z and abortion. I know it's early yet, but have you had any feedback yet, Camille? We have had a little bit of feedback so far. I think um, probably the best feedback that we've had is uh, people saying that this is not your usual arguments. Mm. You know, we, we really believe if you want to change people's hearts, you cannot just show them that this is a baby. You cannot just show them this is a human being or even that this is a human person because today's kids, their response that they've been trained to say is who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. What matters is that I get to define my own existence. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting some responses from people saying, this is not the usual arguments. What we do is we, we really ennoble and encourage them and say, well, wait a minute. Don't we encourage and praise men when they do something, you know, beyond themselves, beyond just living for themselves? And we say that's a good thing. How come we don't think women are capable of that? Mm-hmm. How come we want to put women in this materialistic, egotistical hole that just says all you're about is creating your own reality and living for yourself? You know, and that's appealing to people, older people as well as young people, to say, my life is not just about me. The the one thing that we have on our side that's better than anything else that they don't have on their side is that people have a God-shaped hole. Every single person, not just us, but other people we're trying to reach and our opposition have God-shaped holes. And they they are hungry and they are angry and they don't know why they're angry and they don't know what they're hungry for. 
So our, our biggest weapon is to be able to show people, you know, you have it within you to be powerful, to be creative, to be generous, to be self-sacrificial. And these are the things that are going to make you happy. Abortion is all about the opposite. It's all about you and what you want and what you get to have for yourself. And it's going to lead to misery and despair. And I, that really resonates with young people because mm-hmm. they're living for all the things that the culture tells them to live for, and they aren't happy. And they're miserable. They're miserable and, right. lo- and lonely, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. lonely. Yeah, and, and that kind of attitude, that self-autonomy, I could do anything I want any time, it, it runs over so often in the discussion because you can tell someone about church teaching, you can talk about this, you could talk about that, but at the end of the day they say, well, no, I don't agree with that, so therefore I'm going to make my own reality. Yeah, that's right. We were in a college class once, and I was debating against an abortionist. And this kid got up to ask a question, and she said, um, she didn't ask a question, she made a point. She said, you know, you, you can have all this argumentation about what the fetus is that you want, but in the end, I get to do whatever I want with my body. I get to decide who I am and what I want to be, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I was just real quiet, and I looked at her, and I said, are you happy? Mm-hmm. And she couldn't say, and she couldn't say anything. You know, and the whole class around is booing me, you know, and uh, <laughs> right. there was, you know, kind of the, the roof went off. But she just looked at me with this blank stare. And you, you think you, you have to reach people that way. We have to not be afraid to say, are you happy? Mm-hmm. You know, aren't you yearning for something bigger? Don't you wish people could tell you that you're capable of being self-sacrificial? You know, don't you feel better when you're courageous? Don't you feel better when you sacrifice yourself for someone else? And people do. You know, I had this other story, this little girl, she wasn't little, she was a teenager, she was fighting with her mom in the mall about this outfit she wanted to buy for the prom, she wanted to wear this dress that was so revealing, and her mom was saying no, and the girl was in tears, and the mom stepped away for a second, and I was right next to this girl, and I looked at her, and I said, honey, your mom is right, that you're worth a lot more than that outfit says you are, Mm. and there was just silence, you know. There's opportunities like that to speak the truth about people, about the dignity that they are. And I always tell the people I'm training, the college students I'm training who are pro-life, you cannot convince people that there's the image of God in an unborn child if you don't convince them that there's the image of God in themselves. Mm. You have to do that, too. You have to elevate them and who they believe they are. The other side can't do that. All it can do is make you afraid. You're going to die. You're going to lose this. You're going to blah. And what we're saying is, okay, you, you might die, but the alternative, the other side, is a death in your spirit and your soul where you know you're miserable and you're living beneath yourself. Why would you do that to yourself? And it reaches people. People want to, young people are the ones who want to be courageous and heroic and adventurous. And, you know, and that's what we need to prick inside of them, not just their conscience, but their sense of, its, of adventure and their, you know, their sense of, of doing something big with themselves. Yeah, you were talking about the the speech that I ran in in the uh, first. I think I ran it yesterday as well in both hours. Uh, the of Dominic from uh, Penn State University, that I young man, that the, he was amazing, <laughs> and really being honest about yeah. what he faces every day on the campus, being pro life, but he's he's determined because he knows the truth. Yeah, he does, and he's willing to speak it. We did a study, and we found out that over half of the kids that we talked to in even secular high schools are still pro life. They're, they're willing to put that in an anonymous survey, but they don't want to say it out loud. They're afraid. They know they're going to get canceled. But if they knew that half of them were pro-life, they'd say something. They just they feel like they're small because the other side dominates the media, mm-hmm. dominates social media, dominates politics, and so they're afraid to say anything. But they, if any of them are listening right now, you need to know you're you're at least half of the young people out there. You're not in the minority. You know the statistics and the studies that come out from the Gallup poll make it look miserable. But when you talk to kids in their schools. 
most of them are, you know, half of them are pro-life, but most of them are too afraid to come out and say anything because they're afraid they're going to be ostracized or say something that makes them sound stupid. You know, they don't want to sound stupid. Do you and think that's about? Why you need us? Yeah, exactly. We're talking with Camille Pauly, <laughs> HealingTheCulture.org. Do you think that the forbidden discussions can this be done to an outreach for adults? Can you do the same type of videos oh, yeah. featuring adults? Oh yes. Well, we could and we should. We tend for for the adults. We tend to do series that are more, um, you know, more driven by uh, you know the, the lecture, lectures or talking heads, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but we, we certainly can use adults in doing it. I, I think it's a good idea. I think what, one of the biggest complaints we have from the adults, though, is we need to see more young people. You know, we want to see what the young people are saying. This is a young person's debate, mm-hmm. and it's really not. The young people are, are driven and led into what they believe by what the old people are doing. You know, and so you can put a young person in front of them, but um, older people are also setting the stage. Grandparents need to know that they make a difference. Parents make a difference. They don't believe they do anymore, but they really do. Kids are yearning for you to say something and to make a difference in their life. Um, but, yeah, I think we could use it. I think it's a good idea, Teresa. We'd use older people in this series and, and uh, let them have at it, too, at the debates. Yeah, I, I think, think that really would be I think that would be really eye-opening for people. <laughs> so what's next after this? You have this series that's going out to the young people. What's next after Forbidden Discussions? Yep. What's what's on the hip right Yeah, what we're working on, yeah, what we're working on right now is a series the only audience that we haven't reached at Healing the Culture yet is uh, audiences between the ages of 4th grade and 8th grade. So we've got Ooh. a new series. It's going to be called Jessica's Jam. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a video series like a 12-minute long feature little, um, you know, clips. And they're going to integrate live actors with animated characters who get into moral dilemmas very Ooh. similar to the dilemmas that the abortion movement poses. And they have to get out of those moral dilemmas in this sort of animated world. So it's going to be, it'll be a, an, about a year. We'll, we'll launch it at the end of this year because it's, it's a lot of money and a lot of time. But we've hired a really super cool crew, a uh, video production crew out of Seattle. Um, and we're working with them. A group out of Georgia is helping as well um, with launching it. And uh, we've got our own film studio now in Rapid City, South Dakota. Of all wow, days. look at you guys. You're rocking yep. and rolling. Yep. Woo. Yep, we're rocking and rolling. And it's going yep, to be a fun series, so be on the lookout for Jessica's Jam. Probably launching it in November. Well, God bless you and Father Spitzer for all that you're doing. I mean, this is awesome. This is what we have to do. We have to be updated. Yeah. We have to use the media wisely as the church teaches us. And, and this is awesome. Thank you so much. It's very encouraging. Camille Pauly, healingtheculture.org, oh, Forbidden Discussions, what we're talking about today. But they've got more in their back pocket coming out soon. Camille, thanks so much. Appreciate it. God bless you. And we will be, con- be continuing our pro-life discussion right after the break with Dr. Michelle Stanford, the new president of Catholic Medical Association. We'll be right back. Tuesday, January 23rd, wrapping up our pro-life discussion this hour with Dr. Michelle Stanford, new president of the CMA, Catholic Medical Association. And you may have seen her lovely face on EW10TV for our in-studio coverage, along with our live coverage of the march on Friday from D.C. Michelle, lucky you, you were inside, but it was nice and dry and warm. <laughs> it was. It was very nice to be dry. We did go back out to the march, which was also wonderful. 
It was wonderful, but it was really cold. It was, it was a cold day, but we, we pushed through because that's what we do as pro-lifers. All right. Let's talk about what you are going to be addressing as the new head of the CMA. What, what's on your, what's on your docket? What's on your agenda? What's on your heart? So, um, the Catholic Medical Association's vision statement is inspiring physicians to imitate Jesus Christ. So I really plan to just to continue to foster that really among our members. I think that, um, a lot of what we do really centers around treating a, a person with hum- the human dignity that really is given to us by God and really speaks to what we marched for last week, really protecting the vulnerable. And that, and once we really foster that interior life that we have been given, it really, everything falls from there. Uh, and we've really seen within our organization, as the culture gets darker, a lot of people really are, are hungry for this message and are joining our, our um, ranks and working together. Do you think in terms of some of the challenges that you're facing as, as pro-life physicians that it's going to get worse? What, what are you concerned about in terms of how many things that they're doing in this administration, which we announced yesterday, would affect you as physicians, especially in the area of uh, OBGYN care? That's that's definitely true. I think um, one of the things that's forefront on our minds is conscious protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your answer, do we think it will get worse? Hard to predict, but... Certainly, um, that is our concern, and really protecting uh, an individual person's uh, decision to how they treat their patients. And, um, you know, not just in OBGYN, it's becoming ever more prevalent within the pediatric world, is, oh, sure. which, is actually mm-hmm. my, which is my specialty, so... Well, yeah, because of the whole transgender push, which is incredible. If you think just yesterday I was interviewing Dr. Ray Grundy, of course, a well-known Catholic psychologist, who was talking about the mm-hmm. fact that now 18 countries outside the United States have banned, at least temporarily, some of them permanently, this you know, horrible surgery, mutilating surgery, where they call the transitioning surgery. And yet here in the United States, we are just going full speed ahead with this. That is correct. And so what can you do, do you think, in the Catholic Medical Association to help doctors get the protection that they need who refuse to do this type of surgery? Yeah, I mean, one of the best things we do is provide a place for other um, physicians to come together, other healthcare professionals, to understand that they're not alone. I think that actually a lot of people, especially in the transgender um, discussion, are just afraid to speak up. And so we provide that that uh, fellowship together, also bringing together uh, very bright individuals to uh, provide ways to defend um, and look at the data and the research to present that uh, so that we can all work together. We've also worked with, um, in, the, in the Catholic world, work at the Catholic conferences trying to get conscious protection as well as defending some of these laws that have come up. Are there particular areas of the country that are worse than others for for Catholic doctors, or is it pretty much across the board, do you think? Oh, definitely. There are states that are going to be worse. It it is certainly um, difficult across the board, but you're going to find countries that are, I'm sorry, states that are, have more um, liberal policies that is much harder um, for them to do. And I think what we're seeing is some of, some of those physicians are leaving those areas and going to places where it is easier to practice for them. 
Do you think, and by the way, we're speaking with Dr. Michelle Stanford, the new president of the Catholic Medical Association. It is the pressure from especially this current administration with, with their all-abortion, all-the-time mentality, and not, not just that, but birth control and, of course, the tra- transgender issues. Is that preventing people from pursuing a career in medicine because if they're if they're catholic or or you know concerned christians they just they just realize that they maybe won't be able to function professionally in some ways i do think there's definitely an aspect of that um we in the catholic medical association really focused in that area actually working very heavily with um, focus in other organizations medical students are are a big focus in our area where we work to help them also defend um, these areas as well as find places that they can uh, work under people and, and do rotations with so they can understand it. So working to inspire them, so potentially hope to change the culture. And, and actually, as our staff just growing membership as medical students, I think it's that fellowship of trying to find other people that they can stand together with. Mm-hmm. How large and how, how, how much has it grown, the Catholic Medical Association, over the years, Doctor? So um, we used to be about 10,000 members, um, but uh, when Humana Vitae came out, some, some changes within the, within the discussions, but we have been growing back. Um, at that time, I think we shrunk down to maybe a couple hundred members. We're back up to about 2,500 members and growing every year. Your website is full of information. It's cathmed.org. Again, cathmed.org. Tell me about the town halls that you're having. You've got some great medical professionals that are speaking around the country. Tell us about them. Yes, so the town halls are designed in each area. We have our our membership divided up into five different regions, and in those regions we will um, have discussions about the issues that are pertinent as well as getting our membership to voice so what issues they're having locally so that we can help, um, you know, work with them and, and develop things that are necessary to help them continue to practice medicine. Um, respecting human dignity. You're, I'm looking at your beautiful statement, reflecting on our vision, inspiring physicians to imitate Jesus Christ. In addition to what you said earlier, what do you think this means for the physician to imitate Christ? Um, I think for each individual person, it's for them to to really take that to prayer and reflect on it. But I think it's really understanding, uh, the, really, at the, its very core, how Jesus loves people. First, loving that person individually, yourself, and developing your interior life, because really from there, he teaches us how to treat people and how to, and, and what to do, and it really gives you a foundation to work from. Um, but when we are able to ground ourselves in that, we also, when we surround ourselves with people who are doing the same thing, beautiful things can happen. So what was it like for you to be at the March for Life? What did it mean to you personally to be there? For me personally, it really was uh, it's the first time I've actually been to the National March to be surrounded by hundreds and thousands of people who uh, were wanting to project the vulnerable human beings in our society was just such a peaceful, joy-filled time that for, for me was very life-giving to come back and help me continue to know what I'm doing is, is uh incredible yeah it is such a great and and you said earlier you know to know that there's someone there for you 
other physicians, with other people in the pro-life movement that you're not alone. We're talking with Dr. Michelle Stanford, new president of the Catholic Medical Association. Let's talk a little bit, too, about the, the idea that, and I saw this on your, on your website, you're talking about the March for Life, that abortion is the most significant human rights abuse of our time. I'll tell you what, that is tough to convince people of with all the messaging that's out there and they try to balance the issues, they try to compartmentalize, this is more important, this is just as important. And they forget what the church teaches on this. The bishops just came out again and said abortion is the preeminent issue. Abortion. And how do you get people to understand that? Because so many people with whom I have conversations, even in, in, and most of them are Catholic, some of them are family members, oh no, it's, it's you know, the, the, you're just a one-issue person. Right, right, understand. And so I think it's helping them understand that, um, as you said, human rights are for all humans. And if we can't protect the most vulnerable humans within our society, the, the baby within a womb, it's really undeniable that baby is unique DNA composition that's um, to be defended and, and really helps us. From there, we can continue to know we must love us all, but that very vulnerable um, human being. If we can't defend uh, that, I think it, it, we've lost um, what's important. Yeah, and also, the, and then we were just talking about this uh, with Camille Pauly from um, uh, a wonderful uh, pro-life mission. They're getting the message out about pro-life with young people that you're better than abortion, right? Why do we think that this is such a great thing for women? This is so degrading. I, you know, I agree. And I think it's because we don't, uh, give the person the ability to understand there's something different for them mm-hmm. and and really not speaking I think it's also speaking to their heart. We can give facts and speak speak all kinds of um, information, but if you speak to that person's heart, I think that they understand that. Part of the problem with legalizing things is then they maybe they know in their heart that there's a law that says it's okay and so they might think differently, but it's it's so important to really to help someone speak to their heart to know that it's wrong. Mm, absolutely. Michelle, thanks. So are you speaking any time in the near future, or what's up on the on the calendar for you in the next couple of months in this election year? Uh, right now, at my next speaking engagement I have in May is at ACMA conference in Florida. Okay. All right. So Florida. What's ACMA? Say that again. What is ACMA? You used some letters there for our audience. What is ACMA? Oh, just from um, another CMA chapter in Florida. Okay. okay. Like All one right, of our great. guilds. All right. Michelle, thanks. God bless you, and thanks for going into the studio and marching with all of us for life on Friday in D.C. We've been speaking with the new president of the Catholic Medical Association, Dr. Michelle Stanford. And, again, if you'd like more information, there's a ton of info on their website. It's simply cathmed.org. There's some regional town halls going out addressing a number of different issues. There's all kinds of membership information, events, resources, media outreach. It's a really uh, well-done website. So check it out, cathmed.org. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks all for right, everything you're doing, too. Thank you. And we'll be right back to wrap up a Tuesday morning edition of Catholic Connection here on EWTN. Stay tuned. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. 
CharityMobile.com. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Dr. Ray Garendi. What's looking back at you at age 22? What do you hope to say about that child at age 22? If you're content to say, well, the way kids are turning out nowadays, counting my blessings. Parole officer says one of the nicest children he has. Or would you rather say he's one in a hundred? Morals, compassion, seeks God. Are you prepared to be a one in a hundred parent then? You can't parent like the bulk of parents anymore. You will supervise far higher. You will screen out toxic media sewage at a rate unlike all of your friends, perhaps your family. No guarantees as to what will be looking back at you at age 22. But you want to be able to say, I think he's one in a hundred. Then you be a one in a hundred parent. It's a busy Tuesday morning, January 23rd, 2024. Coming up tomorrow on a Wednesday, of course, we will go to Rome and talk with our very own Joan Lewis, and she'll have the latest on the papal audience and also the year of prayer declared by the Holy Father, what he's asking us to do to take prayer more seriously in our lives and how important it is. So she'll talk to us about that. And then we're still working on our other interviews. We like to respond to the news of the day and see what's happening. So we are working every single day to bring you the latest and most important Stories and issues, especially where it regards pro-life, right? That's huge. And we'll be continuing our pro-life discussion, as we always do, because we're your pro-life radio network. Speaking of which, I just wanted to ask you, how many of you, if you didn't have a chance to watch the different events that we covered this, these past couple of days, you know, the Walk for Life West Coast, One Life LA, March of Life in D.C., there's such great ways to sit down and see the resources that are available out there and learn as you just heard from Pauline and also from Dr. Michelle about the pro-life movement, about the efforts that are out there. What are pro-life politicians doing? What are we doing in the church? What are we doing at the pregnancy resource centers? What are we doing in front of the abortion mills? What are we doing to fight chemical abortions? Oftentimes we get into discussions with people and we want to make sure that it's obviously respectful and civil. But I would say the vast majority of people with whom we discuss this issue do not know the depth of the issue at all. They are basing it on what they've heard in the secular media. They are basing it on their own personal opinion about a political party or a particular person that they don't like, whether it be Democrat or Republican. And they can't get beyond that. And they are just boxed into this thought process. So how do you reach them? That's why we, we had these two interviews on today. It's super important to help them understand the dignity of the human person and the overall fallout of abortion and how it it just destroys so much in addition to obviously the life of the innocent child but the women the families associated with it all the problems that come with abortion it's not just not can you ever say just but yes it takes a life of a baby but the fallout from that just the sheer number of deaths alone how much better off would our country be if we hadn't killed 62 million people 
since 1973 with abortion. Think about that. And if you want more information, check out the coverage, EW10.com, our YouTube page especially. Great information. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.